Steven, real quick, uh, do you mind just naming any Big 12 quarterback? Uh, Spencer oh. Rattler. No oh, problem. No. Katie, write that down. Oh. Write that down. Uh. What, what, what was this? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Don't worry about it. Doesn't matter. I think the tuck rule is, is a crock personally. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Too bad you guys screwed that tuck rule up. That one doesn't count. Huh? Huh? Over with. Come on now. You never get over that. That'll be ever. He's scarred forever. That'll be on his headstone. Howdy, folks. This is the Tuck Rule. It's the official podcast of the Bishop Sycamore Football Program. Uh, as always, uh, I'm Victoria, and I'm joined by Katie. Say what's up, Katie. What's up, Katie? <laughs> and today, we have a special guest to help us talk about the upcoming NFL season. Uh, the Ringers, Steven Ruiz. Welcome to the pod, Steven. A- am I your first guest? Yes. Inaugural uh, guest. I feel honored. Inaugural hopefully guest. The, hopefully not the last guest. I don't want I don't want to be the reason that this, this podcast ends. <laughs> yeah. You're going to bury us uh, 20 feet in the ground. Uh, how's your emotional state after the news this morning? Not good. Uh, you guys picked the perfect day to, to have me on. I, I, I was not expecting lucky. it. I was like, I had my head down doing work, and then like, I think someone like the group chat started talking about the Cam Newton news, and I was like, "What Cam Newton news?" And then holy <sighs> shit, they released him. Yeah, that's that. I I also didn't think that they would just cut him out, right? Even though like him having to miss all that time was definitely not a good omen, especially because Max looked pretty good against. Sorry, McCorkles looked pretty good. Against, <laughs> yeah, get it right. <laughs> against yeah, like, but no- all expectations. Yeah, and like I'm obviously like a Cam Newton stan, if you will, but I understand why they did it. Like, it's, you can't have Cam Newton in the locker room while you're starting someone named McCorkle. Like, have you heard Mac Jones talk? Like, he sounds like a, like a, a middle school boy. Yeah, and like you have Cam Newton, who just like I, I feel like he he'll take over whatever locker room he 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 enters. So if you're you're gonna sign him, you probably have to start him. Yeah. Oh boy. What a day. What a day. So, we wanted to preview the upcoming 2021 NFL season, and we wanted to do it in under an hour, which is kind of a tall task, but um, I think the format that we've chosen uh, should get us there. Basically, Katie and I have each come up with 16 questions, uh, one about each NFL team, adding up to 32, and we are going to just um, harass Steven with all of them, uh, and he has 60 seconds to answer each one. So, what happens if I don't answer in sixty seconds? Do I do I die? Uh, I, I don't yes. think you die, but no, 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 oh. he does. No, don't don't Shit. lie to him. Okay, sorry, I I just didn't want to scare you off that quickly. Yeah, okay. You also don't have to take uh, all sixty seconds if you don't want to. On this program, we support talking about teams as much as they deserve, and sometimes that's like five seconds. We don't need to talk for 60 whole seconds about, like, the Bengals. Fuck that. Um, (laughs) See, uh, see, look look at you all confident. Like, the Bills are good for, like, two years in a row. Now you're talking shit about the Bengals. How dare you? I'm such an asshole now. It's great. Um, So we are going to break our own rules here, though. And we're going to start with the Patriots because of the news today, which I don't think we made clear at the start. I'm sure everyone knows, but... uh, (laughs) I, I doubt anyone's getting their breaking NFL news from this show, so that would be pretty funny. Um, so, the Patriots released Cam Newton, who we thought was going to be their starting quarterback, like a week and a half before the season starts. That's pretty nuts. So, Steven, I just wanted to open the floor to you to talk about Cam for a second. Uh, I feel like I feel like this is if this is the end of his career as a starting quarterback, I feel like it's a fitting end, just given all the shit he's gone through during his career some of it he's put on himself like people are speculating that one of the reasons he got cut was that he wasn't vaccinated that's on him i'm not gonna uh, make an excuse for him but he has had terrible luck like in terms of the players that he's had around him like ted ginn is probably the third or fourth best receiver he's ever thrown to Ugh. i don't i don't know if that's a controversial statement but like this was like and then last year he he finally left the panthers and got to go to this this team that always wins and then he gets the throw to Demir Bird and uh, Jacoby Myers, and, uh, some tight ends that they made up. <laughs> so, and then he gets a he gets a team in twenty twenty, like they are twenty twenty one. They spend all this money, and then he gets cut and doesn't get to play with them. It's it's sad. Was what that sixty a, seconds? 
Yeah, I mean, but however, you can talk as long as you want about Cam, because I know... Is it controversial to call you a Panthers fan, or is that, like, violating your journalistic integrity? Oh, I have no integrity. It's uh, Yeah, you could call me that. I'm a Panthers fan. I, like, I'm a Panthers fan with, like, air quotes around it. Like, I, I feel like there was a point, it was probably, like, 2013, where I transitioned from being a, a Panthers fan to a Cam Newton fan. And, like, I'm, like, one of those LeBron fans, those people that don't have, like, an NBA team, and they just kind of oh, root no. for whoever LeBron's on. That's where I was. Uh, hey, I, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but I'm mean, <laughs> at least admitting it. Exactly. Oh boy. Oh, New England. I'm I'm fascinated to see what they do this year because I've up until this point I was very confident that I thought that they'd like rebound and probably make the playoffs. But I mean, mm-hmm. who knows now? Like I now have no expectations. Just yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, I guess that's one of 32 teams down. Uh, Katie, I believe you have the Dolphins here. I do, and unfortunately for our guest, it is going to get kind of serious here because I have to ask, why the hell is Miami trying to trade for Deshaun Watson? Just explain I, that I, to me. I, I can't. I can't. Like, the Dolphins, like, the last two or three years, whenever they started tanking and all the nerds were, like, excited about what they were doing, like, they made smart moves in every move they they made, made sense at the time, but this is one where, like, beyond the fact that... <laughs> This is a person that is accused of sexual assault against 20-plus women. If, and that's something that's hard to ignore, and you shouldn't ignore, and that should be the first thing. That should be the headline on anything uh, related to Deshaun Watson. Like, you're giving up all of these first-round picks for that, for that guy? Yeah. I, yeah. It makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. And it makes even less sense that NFL reporters are just talking about Deshaun Watson trade. Like, it, like it's normal. Yeah. Or, like... Adam Schefter totally like downplaying it at every single turn. Oh yeah, that he did an interview with uh, Watson's quarterback coach, which was one of the most horrid things I've ever heard. Like the oh. complete dismissal of what happened to those women. Yeah, it's um. Oh boy, maybe Tua, maybe Tua will do it. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I think Tua can maybe turn it around a little bit. Tua was good I in preseason. So. He's been good in preseason. I have ho- I have high hopes for this year. I would I honestly like. Beyond all the other stuff, like I, I want to see Tua get a chance to play. Like he only got that one year; it wasn't a fair shake. Like I'd, I'd want to see him play this year. Yeah, me too. Um, well, on to my team. Regrettably, uh, the Buffalo Bills, my my favorite and the least favorite team in the league. Uh, Steven, you uh, you kind of have a unique place, I would say, um, relation to like. Bill's internet, internet. So my question for you is, what's it like being Bill's Mafia's personal Hitler? I can I take a moment. This is the first time I've ever been compared to Hitler in life, so I, I might need to like reassess <laughs> hey. what I've done the past couple of years. But I'm not uh, comparing you to Hitler. You are, but however, Bill's Mafia people really, um, who they really are sensitive. They're just very emotional all the time. Yes, and, like, I understand why. Like, I had some tweets that accused them of, of things, which I, I don't regret them, but, like, I understand why it upset <laughs> them. And I was clearly wrong about Josh Allen. Although I think my – the reason why I thought Josh Allen was going to fail – and I never said he's going to outright fail. I said the, it, it's a long shot that he's going to be good. I think my like my mind was in the right place, but he, he proved me wrong, and I'm an idiot, and Bills fans won. I still think I got some pretty good tweets off, though. Definitely. I'm always thinking about your Bills Mafia Proud Boys post frequently. <laughs> oh god! I don't even remember that. There were so many. My favorite one was the, the, uh, the old TV, and I, I asked uh, Bills fans to retweet if that was the last time they seen their team win a playoff game and i forget what the other option was but that was my favorite one uh i am so i'm 23 years old i'm certified young and uh until last year the last time the bills won a playoff game was when i was negative three years old just (laughs) i love being a fan of this team um but my favorite joke which i can't make anymore to, to make to bills fans was what does it feel like to never have seen your team win a playoff game in hd Speaking of teams with long playoff droughts, uh, let's let's move to the Jets. 
I don't know if I want to move to the Jets, but we're going to. Um, so, the Jets' last, um, their last franchise quarterback was Chad Pennington, which is a weird thing to say, I guess, in terms of guys who have been successful. And I guess I'm asking, can Zach Wilson do e- even that? Is that even a high expectations for him? Uh, I don't think so. I'm not someone that was high on on Zach Wilson going into the draft. So obviously I want my priors to be right. Like I want to be proven right and look smart to, to NFL Twitter, the, the only people that matter to me. Uh-huh. Uh, but like he landed in a great situation. Like I don't know how this coaching staff is going to actually look when, when they start playing games. But like on paper, hiring the Shanahan tree makes sense for a quarterback like Zach Wilson who kind of had some trouble reading the field and, and doing it from the pocket. He's a small dude. So I think that system will like mitigate those issues, and I, I, like I have no reason to think that he won't be decent this year. And the bar is really low for the Jets. And in the planning document, it says the New York Jest. It was that a bit? Yeah. Or was that a typo? No, that's a bit. No, no. I, okay. I like it. I like it. That's totally me. <laughs> okay, good. Um, okay, onwards to the AFC North. Uh, we're gonna start with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I feel like we've just gotten to this point where we've just accepted that the browns are like competent and that makes me deeply uncomfortable that (laughs) that the browns and bills are both like yeah like they're actually pretty steady they're probably both gonna make the playoffs i don't like it but has the baker mayfield backlash which is the uh, back the backlash to people saying that baker mayfield uh is a like franchise quarterback and obviously everyone else was like well do we maybe want to like pump the brakes on that do we have to start the Baker Mayfield backlash backlash is what I'm asking. Yeah, it's hard to keep track of all this. Like I'm I'm square I think I'm squarely in the uh Baker Mayfield is a little overrated camp, but that was based on like the perception of last year when he was good in the second half and they were running a bunch of play action and he was throwing for a bunch a bunch of touchdowns. But I do think the backlash may have gone too far. Like I I think it's fair to wonder if he's going to be able to live up to a huge contract if the Browns give him one. But I think they probably should sign him. Like, they're the Browns, and they have trouble finding good quarterbacks. And and Baker Mayfield is, at the very least, an above-average quarterback. Like, I think he's probably somewhere in that 10 to 15 range for me, which probably would upset Browns fans and and make them call me a hater or whatever. But, yeah, like, you have to sign him. You're the Browns. You, You can't afford to not sign Baker Mayfield. Off to the Bengals, I guess. Uh, and my question is a simple one. Will Jamar Chase ever catch football again? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. Like, It's ridiculous how bad he, he's been. Even if you're a Bengals fan, you have to laugh at the fact that he's been throwing the ball five times in preseason. And he's dropped four of them. Like, that's just a hilarious stat. And, yes, he's going to catch another football, obviously. But I do think, like, what's happened in the preseason, it's fair to wonder if they probably should have taken another player. Like, even if – let's just ignore the the O-lineman discourse that was going on during the draft. Like, even if you're taking a a receiver, my thing was, why don't you take Devontae Smith? Just because I feel like he fits in that receiving court a lot better than Chase does. Because they do have T. Higgins, who is kind of like that same prototype as – as Jamar Chase. So now you kind of have two of the same guy, guys that are like contested catch guys who don't really separate. And I don't know if that makes sense. Goodbye, Bengals. Uh, on, uh, <laughs> now for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, simple question, Stephen. Which running back will the Steelers select in the first round of the 2022 draft? I did not mean to spring early draft discourse on you, but. Here's another way of asking that question. Can I name a running back that is expected to go into the in the first round oh, of next year's draft? I don't even think I could name a college football running back right now, to, to tell you the truth. Uh, I can name some, but I don't know who's going to go first round. Like I feel like last year you could look at it and say, like, well, ETN, uh, yes. Najee Harris probably. But this year, yeah, I have absolutely no idea. But yeah, they're probably going to take because Ben's going to he's Ben's going to do his little passive aggressive thing where he, he pretends like he might retire and then he's going to come back and, and throw a million passes within the five yards of the line of scrimmage. But yeah, they're going to blame everything on the running back and they're going to draft another one next year. Perfect. All right, on to the Ravens. And I remember I was reading the stats the other day and I saw they went from first in the league in total offense. Uh, in 2019 to 7th last year. And I think people are kind of freaking out a little too much about, 
oh, well, can you stop Lamar Jackson? Um, I guess what I'm asking is, do you think that sort of, it's a relative regression, I know, but do you think that trend is going to, like, continue into this year? Uh, nah, I, I don't think so. I don't know, because, like, the receiving core just got decimated during training camp. Like, I, I might be starting at tight end in week one. <laughs> Go but... run a dig route, buddy. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Right, like, I, and the funny thing is, guess who they had running dig routes in, uh, last year? They had 170-pound Hollywood Brown running them, which is just, like, not the type of route you want that type of receiver running. But they did add to the receiving core. Like, Sammy Watkins is – I mean, no one's going to get excited about Sammy Watkins in 2021, but yeah. it's better than what than Willie Sneed. It's better <laughs> than him. And they drafted Rashad Bateman, who I like. Uh, I didn't mean to go hard on Willie Sneed there. He's a fine player. <laughs> but <laughs> Willie Sneed catching shrapnel. But uh, no, I think I think Lamar's going to be better. I think the receiving core is better, and I'm not putting it on Lamar that the fact that they stepped back, like everything around him got worse, including the play calling. So I I think things will be better around him, and Lamar is just going to continue to get better. He's a great quarterback. I don't know why people still question him. As a thrower, like yeah, I don't. I personally don't really see it. Uh, or no, what I wanted to say is that I don't really see the criticism. I see it with him. God, he can throw the football. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, AFC South Texans are up. Rather than talk about the shit that I don't want to talk about with the Texans, which is most things. <laughs> Everything. Um, I'm gonna ask about Lovey Smith. Why the fuck not? Um, so it seems like two high safety looks are kind of coming back into vogue, or at least that's what the nerds are saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do you think that there's a possible future in which Levy Smith coming back with his, like, old-ass Tampa 2 possibly, like, kind of, like, accidentally kind of, like, ride that wave? Or do you think that Levy Smith's defense is just going to get, like, shredded in, in 2021? No, no, there's no chance. Levy's, the Texans, there's not, not, not going to be anything redeeming about the 21, 2021 Texans. And that includes Levy Smith. And I get what you're saying with the two high stuff because that is the, like the trend that the league is jumping on. But it would be like in like back in 2012, if people saw Kaepernick and Russell Wilson and Cam Newton running the the zone read and read option stuff, and then like bringing in the wishbone and, and basing their offense around like classic speed option, like Tampa two, like the league knows how to beat Tampa two. So I don't think Lovey Smith is going to have an advantage there. If it didn't work against Big Ten quarterbacks, like it's yeah. not going to work against NFL quarterbacks. <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear because I'm, I'm like I've I've seen people say like some variation of that, and I'm like it's 2021. Like I don't think there's any more known quantity than Tampa two. But uh, anyway, I I just wanted to exercise that demon. Uh, onwards to Katie's favorite team, the Tennessee Titans, baby. Okay, so the Titans were pretty notable in their defensive struggles last year, so I'm guess. My question is a simple one. Obviously, with Julio, the offense is going to be, I think, really, really fucking good. But Mm -hmm. do you think what they did on defense is enough to make them a contender in the AFC, I guess? Uh, I I don't think so. Like, Bud Dupree is is fine. I don't think he's a difference maker. I don't think he's going to save that pass rush, which has kind of been bad since Dean Pease left. And I don't even think it was that good when he was there. And then, like, we're banking on Caleb Fairley, who hasn't played football in over a year, and apparently has, like, Larry Bird's back. Like, he has an awful... So, I I don't know. I think you're just relying on too many, like, 50-50s to go right for that to happen. But I guess the the better question is, does does the defense have to be significantly better for the Titans to get back to the playoffs? And I, I don't know if that's the case. It's hard to answer because we don't know how much Arthur Smith meant to Ryan Tannehill's success and if let's say the the new offensive coordinator I think it's Todd Downing who last coached in Oakland and he wasn't very good then uh if he's not good like maybe he he brings down the ceiling for that offense and that it doesn't really matter what happens on defense god their offensive coordinator is Todd Downing how did I miss that Jesus what how did I yeah it's what in in 2021 okay uh (laughs) go off Mike Vrabel um (laughs) <laughs> Colts are next up. What's going on with the Colts? Why is everyone getting COVID or getting injured? Like, just what's going on there? Because when you, <laughs> I might get in trouble for this. When you bring bring in a uh, put a group of people 
like hundreds of people that willingly chose to live in Indiana, in Indiana together, bad things are going to happen. And I think that's what's happening with the Colts. Oh, I probably shouldn't Jesus. have said that. So I'm going to get fired from the ringer. <laughs> oh boy, oh I don't. I, uh, <laughs> I hope we. Do, I hope we don't have any Indiana <laughs> listeners. Just in general. No, okay. I'm jo- I'm joking about Indiana. Let me backtrack. Like I've known people that have worked in Indiana. And it's apparently a great place, and like Bloomington is a great place to work. So I, I'm just joking. But I, I think it's just you just invited Carson Wentz. Like no, you invited Carson Wentz into your life this off season, and then last off season you invited Philip Rivers, like the most cursed quarterback in the history of the NFL, into your uh, team facility. So I feel like it's just bad vibes. Speaking of another team with terrible vibes. We are moving on to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and my question, again, is really simple. Is Urban Meyer going to make it to next year? I don't know. Like, did you see how stressed he looked during that Monday night game, the preseason game against yeah. the Saints? It's yeah, a it preseason like, game. Yeah, it was like his last year with Florida. I've seen that look before. Yeah, I, yeah. so, like, what happens when he's, like, 2-8 and eight in November? <laughs> no way he's going down with the ship. I mean, Trevor is the only thing that I think will uh, convince him to stay on for another year. But let's say Trevor looks awful. Like, I think he taps out. Well, AFC West, uh, uh, we're going to start with the Chargers. So, Brandon Staley, the, like, defensive wonder boy, uh, new head coach of the Chargers. Should we expect anything out of his defense in year one? Or should we be patient because the personnel isn't there? Uh, I have high hopes for him, even in year one, just because he does have some talented players to work with. The question is, are those guys going to stay healthy? Like, Joey Bosa is great. He's probably a top 10 uh, edge rusher. Derwin James might be the best safety in the league if he ever stayed healthy. So I think he has some pieces to put together a decent defense. I don't think it's going to be top five or what the uh, Rams were at last year. But I I really think he's smart enough to – change his scheme and fit it to his personnel and make it work at least i don't like top 16 of the league i don't think is out of the question and that might be enough if the offense is good all right on to the kansas city chiefs and could patrick mahomes literally play with his eyes closed are, are we sure that he isn't playing with his eyes closed? like if he plays like the jaguars they should make him close his eyes like have a put a visor over him that's opaque he doesn't get to see he just gets to play. I think he still puts up 21 on the Jags. I th- I still remember. I think it was a playoff game. Or it might have been a regular season game. But where he's like literally looking at the ref as he's running. He's looking backwards at the ref as he's running and rolling out. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never I've never seen another quarterback do that. So, just... I mean, he's, prob- he's probably the coolest quarterback ever. Like a- oh, aesthetically, yeah. just his game. I don't think it's even close. I don't. Aaron Rodgers maybe is is the closest competition, but outside of that, like quarterbacks are you, the best quarterbacks at least are are pretty lame, like aesthetically. And now we have the Boncos, the Denver Concos. Uh, I saw your post earlier this week over at the Ringer, or maybe it was last week. I can't remember. Um, uh, in which you said that starting Teddy Bridgewater is uh, makes the most sense in the short term, uh, and I think I agree with you. But is he capable of getting this roster to a wild card spot? Yeah, I I think he is. I mean, like like last year Teddy wasn't good, but I don't think he was bad. Like even in his worst games, I think he was still serviceable. And like the, if the other option is Drew Locke. People talk about variance and, like, high volatility and his upside, and I just don't see it. Like, even last year, his best games were still pretty average compared to the rest of the league. And at this point, you're in year three and struggling and failing to beat out Teddy Bridgewater, who's been on – he's been on five teams in four years now. Like, at what point do you not get to play the upside card? Because if we're still playing the upside card just because a guy has a strong arm and hasn't gotten a lot of starts, like, we get – I could talk myself into Ryan Mallett. Let's go. <laughs> And folks, oh God, there's uh, that. I was gonna say that's a blast from the past. I was about to say I'm surprised that Ryan Mallett hasn't come up yet on this show based on the like profile of quarterback that we like to talk about. But, uh, I should I should have brought up uh, Paxton Lynch. That that's more relevant <gasps> to the Broncos. There are there are Broncos fans out here saying that like Drew Locke didn't get enough of a shake. Like they didn't give Paxton Lynch two starts. Like I'm just losing my yeah. mind here. I I like. How have we not given Drew Locke enough chances? It's been like, it's been like what, like at least sixteen games. 
And if you're going back to like he wasn't good at Missouri either his his last year. No, he hasn't been good no. since like that he ran the air raid at Missouri and that was like his sophomore junior year. Who coordinated that offense, Katie? Ah, <sighs> Derek Dooley. I I thought it was Josh Heupel. I it was, I, Josh Heupel was the good year. Derek Dooley was the bad year. Okay, got it. Well, Tennessee coaches all the same. <laughs> uh, oh, Victoria, you torture have, you torture me endlessly. Well, I'm also a Tennessee fan, so you know uh, we have we have one team. How unfortunate! No, uh, hey! we have one team left in the AFC. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh God. Oh gosh. <laughs> okay, let let me try and get this back on the rails. Um, so the Raiders. Um, so earlier this month, there were a ton. There were like a ton of top executives from the team who all just left. They, they all just left. And I guess it's not really it's not really an on-field question, but do you think it's, like, indicative of something in Mark Davis's ownership that might have caused that? Yeah, I think that's the easy answer. This is, yeah. not, this is not a man who is organized. I could say that I don't know Mark Davis. I haven't, like, read up on him. But just based on the photographs of him, I would, I would assume that he is not an organized man. That's as far as I'm gonna go because I don't I don't yeah. wanna, I don't want to get in any more trouble. No 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 you're fine. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, onwards to the most entertaining division in football, the NFC East. <laughs> Woo! Oh God, kill me! Don't don't we love watching like all of these teams play primetime every week, except for the best one, which is the Washington Football Team. It's my favorite way to waste a Sunday night. So we're starting with WFT. Am I an idiot for thinking that Ryan Fitzpatrick can win 10 games with this roster? Uh, no. How many games did they win last year? It was like 9, 8? Uh, I, I think they won 7. Oh, God. Tennessee East <laughs> was so bad. But no, I don't, I don't think so. Like, I feel like the Ryan Fitzpatrick, I don't even know what to call it. Like, the, the legend of Ryan Fitzpatrick had, like, a lot of older typically white sports writers have have contributed it to because i think they see themselves in ryan fitzpatrick although they, most of them probably didn't go to harvard but like they see him as a guy that wasn't supposed to make it and like he's he's been he's put together a long career as as an nfl player at the most important position in the sport but at the same time i don't think he's that bad of a quarterback and he's not Dwayne haskins bad or tyler henneke or alex smith playing with one leg bad so i it's a clear upgrade at the most important position and the defense I feel like is going to be even better than last year. Cause I feel like chase young is just going to devour offensive tackles. Yeah. So, so th- I could see 10 wins. Yeah. Uh, I, I also have a soft spot in my heart for Ryan Fitzpatrick because I mean, he, he first blossomed on my team and then completely threw it away in like eight games. Just was, one of the, was he, was he the guy who, the quarterback who threw the pass that Stevie Johnson drafted and blamed God for afterwards? Absolutely. Yes, that <laughs> was him. Moment. Uh, that was, that, oh God, that game was a defining moment of my childhood. Um, oh, it was the Patriots, right? Uh, so, so that was Steelers. the Steelers. That Steelers, was the Steelers. Yeah, Fitz very famously beat the Patriots the year after that and That's was right. one of like, that was one of, that was one of the two times that, that the Bills ever beat brady straight up it happened twice in like the 18 years he was there which is just cool to think about um but bring back fits bring back fits oh, yeah. now we're fucking talking um okay <laughs> onwards right. to the giants katie all right so i am a noted daniel jones hater have been <laughs> since he got drafted i thought it was the funniest thing ever so i guess i want to ask am i wrong can he be a good quarterback in the nfl the question on the dock is, can they? Can he be what the Giants wanted him to be? And I feel like, yeah. I don't know if that's the same as a good quarterback, because it feels like they drafted him to be Eli Man- Manning, and it's questionable whether Eli Manning at times was a good quarterback. But, yeah. I mean, I feel like at this point, no. Like, I don't know if you guys watched the, uh, the Patriots preseason game. Like, you shouldn't watch preseason, so I hope you guys didn't. But <laughs> he was... He was bad in the the same ways that we expect Daniel Jones to be bad, so I don't see really any reason to have hope that he's going to be something different this year. I think he's always going to be this quarterback. There are going to be some good throws, but he's going to th- throw just 
dumb interceptions and fumble at any time he gets touched, and that's going to be a problem. He had a couple nice games there where, like, I think he threw, like, 24 touchdowns that first year, and then oh, last year was not as good. Uh, whenever you have the chance to bring in just a genius like Jason Garrett to run your <laughs> offense, you have to you, you absolutely have to jump at the opportunity. Uh, onwards absolutely. to the team that employed Jason Garrett for uh, way too long, the Dallas Cowboys. I'm bored of this team. Can I just ignore them until Mike McCarthy gets fired in, like, eight years or whenever? No, you can't ignore them because, like you said, the NFC East is going to be on your television a bunch of times this year. And the Cowboys are the only team that I feel like is watchable just because the offense is going to be just I – I feel like it's going to be amazing if Dak Prescott stays healthy with all those weapons. So I, it's the only watchable NFC East team. So, no, you can't ignore them. You, you will be spoon-fed Dallas Cowboys football this year. God fucking damn it. This sucks. What you don't you don't want to watch the game of the week that is like the one in three fucking cowboys <laughs> and like the two the two and three like bears or whatever. <laughs> oh. yes. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on the call. Excellent. Love oh, that. Oh no. Oh god. Alright. On to the Eagles. Am I wrong for thinking Jalen Hurts is gonna be benched at some point this year? And the reason I'm asking that is I was never a big fan of his passing capabilities in college. Like, he had he put up some good numbers, but I always thought he missed a lot of throws, especially, mm-hmm. especially I guess, like, he overthrew a lot of guys. And I guess I'm asking, like, do you feel like the NFL defenses are kind of going to notice that this year? Yeah, I definitely don't think he's the long-term answer. I just don't know if you bench him for Joe Flacco. I, I don't know if Joe Flacco <laughs> improves on oh Jalen Hurts' weaknesses. Steven, you forgot who their backup quarterback is. Who's their backup quarterback? Uh, Gardner Mitchell. Uh, uh, I forgot about that. That was off my radar. Uh, still no. Still no. I don't know. Actually, yeah, I'm changing my mind. No, Gardner Mitchell gets at least one start. It happens. I totally oh. spaced on Minshew to the Eagles. I forgot about that. I don't know As how I should. did. That's a big move. That's a league-changing move. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's going to have ramifications such as C.J. Beathard keeping his job in oh, God. Jacksonville. And I I like to practice C.J. Beathard awareness at all times just in case, you know, he's, like, in my town and I need to be worried that he's going to, like, unsuccessfully run play action at me. Um <laughs> Uh, oh, NFC North. God. NFC North. Far away from CJ Beathard. Starting with the Vikings, I have a four-word question: Is Kirk Cousins good? Uh, can I pass? Like I, like the answer is clearly yes, but I don't want to say it. Here's what I think about: like there are people on on Twitter, which is where we all reside. Like that's where I live. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no real world Absolutely. outside of Twitter, but <laughs> there are people that like will defend. Kirk Cousins to their death and I understand why like he does put up good numbers and maybe we're, we're all just a little too harsh on him but how is it fun defending Kirk Cousins <laughs> I don't know why people waste their time doing it but yes Kirk Cousins is good that, that, that doesn't make me happy to, I'm not happy to say it though god Vikings Twitter really is really is really is something um, love those freaks <laughs> on to the Green Bay Packers and they had a re- they got a really tough draw with the schedule. Um, do you think that they can? Do you think they can survive it and make it across the line to the Super Bowl? I, I feel like Katie's questions have been like more serious, and then Victoria's just just yeah, throwing well, shit at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's weird. how my brain it's works. It's weird because yeah, it's weird because like I'm I'm more focused on college football. So, like, I'm going to ask, like, the more serious stuff because I don't know about, like, the meme culture to, like, ask the the dumb, jokey stuff. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. that, was that a shot at Victoria? Tough. Uh, uh, it could be. It could be. You know, setting up, setting, up, setting up wrestling feuds on the table. <laughs> Tension. Jesus. Stay tuned oh. next week to see what happens. But, uh, yeah, I, I think the Packers get. I, like, for me, the NFC is not as good as it was a year ago. Like, even the Bucks, who brought back everyone, even they have question marks because they stayed ridiculously healthy last year, and that's probably not going to happen again. And they're really thin. Like, they have the best starting lineup in the NFL, but 
after their starting lineup, there's not a lot there. So if they do suffer injuries, and, and by the way, their quarterback is like 49 years old, so he might get hurt. But the Packers are probably the most surest thing after Tampa Bay. So, yeah, I think they're definitely, they definitely have a chance to make the Super Bowl this year. Well, back to my nonsense questions. We have the Lions. Um, <laughs> I, I apologize. Maybe I'm the one that took the shot at you. Uh, um, I mean, that is how, you know, that is how we drew it up. But the Lions cut Brashad Perriman like yesterday or today. I can't, I, I can't remember. How many Lions wide receivers it, can it you was... name right now? Oh, man, this is tough. Do you got, did, do any of you have the uh, roster up? Yes. Although I will say final cuts are happening right now. So... <laughs> Uh, some of these players might get cut, but... All right. What's his, I don't know his first name. Quintez? Cephas? There you go. Okay, you got one. That's one. Oh, man. I get paid to write about the NFL. This is embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, who is it more embarrassing for, though? Me or the Lions? Definitely the Lions. I know there's there's at least one that I'm forgetting that I know is starting for them, and I'm not going to be able to pull, pull his name. All right. Give me the ones I should have gotten. Tyrell Williams, perhaps? Oh, yeah. I, I knew he was there. Uh, and uh, I guess they're going to start Amon Ross St. Brown. Oh, so. I should have known him. He's draft. He just got drafted. Uh, yeah, that's that's <laughs> embarrassing. Like, this is – it's like they thought, like, what's the funniest roster we could put around Jared Goff? <laughs> who is so funny. Is one of the funniest quarterbacks to watch play. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'd rather watch Lions games than NFC East games, to be honest. For sure. Uh, other than that, they're going to probably give a lot of snaps to Khalif Raymond. Oh, Geronimo Allison got cut, though, so we won't see him. Someone named Tom Kennedy is here and is listed as their fourth wide receiver. I don't know what? if that's real. Absolutely not. Deep fake quarterback. Is this, Madden? is this like a Madden auto-generated like depth chart or something? Like, What's going on here? Their tight oh, end, God. too, is Darren Fells, who's going to be like a tight end, too, somewhere until he's like 46. But, uh, in that's... fifteen in fifteen years, Tom Kennedy's going to be coaching the Vols, so I wouldn't get I wouldn't make too much. Oh, tough. <laughs> okay, we spent way too much time on the Lions. We need to get out of here. <laughs> and and to get out of here, we will be talking about Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears, and this has got to work out better than Trubisky, right? Like, there's no way this ends up worse, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I really don't understand how Justin Fields dropped to – what, he dropped to 10, 9, one of those spots. I, I don't understand. I thought he was the best quarterback prospect behind Trevor Lawrence. And if Trevor Lawrence didn't exist, I I thought he should have been, the like, the consensus number one pick. So, I mean, we don't – I don't know how to judge Matt Nagy. Like, he, he seems to be – a coach that might be in over his head, but at the same time, he had Mitch Trubisky to work with that quarterback and made the playoffs twice. Like, maybe he's a good coach, and maybe now that he has a, a decent quarterback that he'll be able to show it. Oh, boy. NFC South, Carolina Panthers. This is a real interesting team. Um, do you just want to talk about what the like what on earth they're trying to do with, with Sam Darnold? Just what's going on here? <sighs> I I don't know. Uh, like, I get the people that defend Sam Darnold and say, oh, it was Adam Gase that held him back. But Sam Darnold was, like, his tape was bad at USC. His tape was bad when he was a rookie and Jeremy Bates was the offense coordinator. And even when plays went well, he like, they were designed well and there was an open guy and he had time in the pocket, he was still pretty bad. Like, he was one of the worst quarterbacks in a clean pocket. So you can't really just put it all on the offensive line. And his accuracy was terrible. The only thing he was good at was throwing passes to the flat. Like, he was the best quarterback in the league accuracy-wise at passes to the flat. So maybe that's why Adam Gase built the offense like he did. I'd argue that Sam Darnold, uh, that Adam Gase is actually, was actually good for Sam Darnold's career. Because I don't know if he's starting if he doesn't have that Adam Gase excuse to fall yeah. back on. He might actually be right, and that's really depressing. On to the Saints. Um... Originally, this question was going to be extremely dumb and memey, where I said, is there a possibility that Jameis Winston leads the league in passing? <laughs> but I went a little bit safer and said, do you think he ends up being a top 10 passer? I mean, he's got Sean Payton. I mean, that's there's something there, right? Yeah, I actually think like the, the leading the league in passing yards is safer than him being a top 10 quarterback, because he did throw for like 5,000 yards the year he threw 30 interceptions. So that's on the table. 
But here's it's kind of like what happened with Cam Newton when he he finally left Carolina and got to to play for this great coach, this great mind, and Josh McDaniels is an offensive genius or whatever. And then like the the receiving core is just nobody. It's like Lions esque. And now the Saints they won't have Michael Thomas for at least six weeks. Marquez Callaway, who is someone I hadn't heard of before a month ago, is probably the number one option. They have no one to throw to. So I don't know. This is all on Sean Sean Payton. But I will say this. Before Drew Brees kind of got old and started throwing, like, five-yard passes every play, he was chucking the ball downfield, and he was throwing a lot of interceptions. Like, he was throwing, like, 10-plus a year back in the day. So I think think that the offense is going to be fun to watch and they're going to score a lot of points i just don't know if it's going to be consistent enough and if there's going to be too many negative plays from Jameis for to be good it's weird with him because i've always thought he has such great physical tools but he never i don't think he's ever really learned how to master them i mean he's done well Mm -hmm. i think but i don't think he's ever He's not a guy that you're going to count on to lead your franchise, which is unfortunate, but it is what it is. Right. If you talk to people that watch film, and, and I don't recommend doing that. Don't talk to those people. <laughs> but if you do, oh, they man. they will vouch for Jameis Winston. Like, he puts plays on tape that are, like, they look like high-level quarterback play. It's just the interceptions that, you know, every every couple of drives he throws a dumb interception. But I will say this, too. I was looking into this because I was thinking about writing about the Saints. Uh, for some reason, like around 2011 or 2012, whenever Bounty Gate was happening, like Sean Payton before then was – he was one of the biggest proponents of play action. Like I think the Saints ranked like fifth or fourth in play action usage. And then they just stopped doing it for some reason. I think it might have just been because Drew Brees didn't need it and he could get the ball out quickly anyway. But if he goes back to that, I think it really helps Jameis because Jameis's problem, he's thrown like the same interceptions a hundred times in his career. He, he always throws it to a linebacker who he doesn't see underneath. And I feel like play action solves that problem for him because the linebackers get sucked up and they're not, they don't have the depth to pick off those passes. So if they do call a lot of play action, I think Jameis can avoid those mistakes and put up big numbers. Yeah. Better than Taysom. Way better than Taysom. Um, oh, Yeah. <laughs> Onwards to Jameis's former team, the Buccaneers. The Bucks are great. Like, they're good everywhere. They're bringing back everyone. Um, greatness is frequently boring, so they bore me. Uh, so I'm just going to not talk about them. Uh, Steven, have you enjoyed any shows, movies, or books lately that, <laughs> that you know, you just want to talk about for a second? Uh, no, not really. Like, I, I watched... <laughs> what, what was the last movie I watched? I watched Suicide Squad. I thought it was fine. I don't. What did you did you did you watch that? I have not seen Suicide Squad. Hey, you, don't, you don't. You don't need to watch yeah. it. Like I saw on Twitter that people thought it was good. And it's it's fine. You don't need to watch it. But now, like I'm in football mode. I don't have time to to watch TV anymore, which is sad. Speaking of sad, <laughs> <laughs> let's go to the let's go to the Atlanta Falcons. And I have to ask, why has God personally smited this franchise over and over again? Uh, this doesn't make sense with the timeline of things that have happened, but I'm going to blame it. I'm going to blame it on their uniforms that they just unveiled. I think it was last year. Oh yeah. Worst, worst uniforms in the league. And what makes them the worst uniforms in the league is they had like a throwback uniform that they could have just made their primary uniforms that looked great. But instead they decided to go with this like arena football ass look. And I think, I guess the football gods, peered into the future saw that they were going to make this mistake and decided this franchise could not have anything good happen in fact the worst <laughs> things possible are going to happen to it texas tech ass uniforms i actually don't hate them but they are they are texas tech as hell like they just look very cheap yeah nfc west san francisco 49ers could kyle shanahan put together an efficient offense with random people off the street let's assume like average athleticism um, could he scheme something together that could like win them one game? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a, a regular NFL offensive line. Okay. If you like go down to the a flag football rec league, like a competitive one, and you find like a good a good team that wins their little league title every year, I think he could score a touchdown in a game. So you're saying that Seth Kalina 
could Seth Galina, get that's it. exactly what I'm talking about. Seth Galina, that's a better question. Seth, <laughs> could Seth Galina quarterback the 49ers? Shot, uh, yeah. Oh uh, I feel like we saw that with Nick Mullins, and Nick Mullins averaged like nine and a half yards per attempt under Shanahan, which is just stupid and should – that. Like, no, that, that doesn't make any sense. I still don't believe it happened. But, yeah, we saw it with Nick Mullins. Seth Galina scores at least one touchdown for the 49ers. Well, Seth, uh, put on your pads, dipshit. Get out there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Seahawks. Oh, <God>. Seahawks. <laughs> okay, so, Seahawks. Do you think Shane Waldron, an offensive coordinator this year, can unlock anything more from an offense that – usually is pretty good already ah that's a good question uh probably like this offense if it looks like what we've seen from shanahan or mcveigh or whoever whatever this offense is supposed to look like if he can you know make it work like lafleur has done in green bay and uh, other coaches have done elsewhere then yeah it's russell wilson like if like i said nick mullins averaged nine and a half yards per attempt in this offense one year like russell wilson might average 15 yards per attempt i think think this offense does a would do a good job of hiding russell wilson's weaknesses so it's like i feel like we're at a point now where we could say like russell wilson being short kind of does matter and it kind of does hurt him him at times i know like when he first came onto the scene and played well everyone was like oh you could draft short quarterbacks but he does have a hard time seeing the field from the pocket and he runs into sacks because of it but when you have this offense that puts the quarterback on the move and takes him outside of the pocket, I don't think he's going to have that issue. And it's just going to be, can you make the throws downfield to wide o- to open receivers? And yes, Russell Wilson can do that. Well, speaking of teams with short quarterbacks, Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> this team bores me too. Like I'm, I just I don't think I don't think Cliff is is doing things that are very interesting. So uh, I'm going to choose to objectify him instead. Um, <laughs> is it like? The thing about Cliff is that everyone says he's really handsome, but I don't even know if he's the handsomest coach in his division. And I think you could put together an argument that he's the least handsome coach in his division, depending on how you feel about Pete Carroll, I guess. But Seth, uh, or God, I just called you oh, Seth. No! Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. S names. I was scared I was going to do that. I was scared. Rough. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's fine. I've been compared to worse. Like, you literally compared me, or not you, but you, you brought me up with Hitler earlier. So Seth's not yeah, tough. Anyway, is is Cliff Kingsbury the handsomest coach in the NFC West? I mean, you said it sounds like you think it's a competition between him and Pete Carroll for least handsome, right? Do I have that right? Well, I think you could make an argument for any of these coaches being the most handsome. I really think you could. Uh, I don't know about that. I I would argue that Pete Carroll might be the most handsome. He's got like a little Richard yes! gear, gear thing going on. Hell yes. So okay, power rank, really quick. Power rank. At, I'm at not doing it. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not calling <laughs> no. any coaches ugly. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, tough. Tough. Okay, I don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> Onwards to the Rams, our last team. Once again, I have a serious question after a jokey question. So uh, you know. <laughs> Good job, me. But uh, how much, how much more can Matthew Stafford unlock from this offense that would get it back to a Super Bowl? I guess. Like, uh, see, I don't know if the ceiling for them, if Matt, even if Stafford is good as Super Bowl, because I do think the defense is going to take a major step back. I think losing Staley is a big deal, but I, the offense, like unlocking the offense, yeah, Stafford does that. They could not run quick game with Jared Goff. Just he just didn't have that in his toolbox and like you take such a big part of the nfl today a big part of nfl passing games is the three-step drop getting the ball out quickly and they just couldn't really rely on that with jared goff so and i think stafford is is pretty good at that stuff so it just adds a whole another dimension that you have to defend and i think this offense looks a little more like sean McVay's offense did in washington when i thought it was it was more diverse back then, and they could do more things, and I thought it was better, even though Kirk Cousins wasn't the Kirk Cousins he is now. But you put Stafford in that, yeah, I think they could score a lot of points. I just don't know if the defense is going to be good enough for them to close the gap on the Bucks and the Packers. We have previewed all 32 teams in exhaustive detail. All the questions were very serious, and I think that we've given everyone <laughs> a fair shake. Um, so, in our college football preview last week, we picked our national title winners. So, 
Uh, just real quick, gut check off the top of your head. Who's everyone got in the Super Bowl, and then who do we have winning it? Katie, we'll start with you. Okay, so this is see to me NFL predicting NFL predicting NFL like futures and stuff like that. That's always been like I've always kind of thought it was a fool's game, but I'm going to say the Kansas City Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers. Just I think Mahomes. He he's just I don't. I don't see any reason to not take the Chiefs in the AFC, and I think even though Aaron Rodgers is like 4,934 years old, I, you know, I still got to take the Packers. So I'm going to have them in the Super Bowl, and it's the Cowards pick, but I'm going to pick the Kansas City Chiefs to win it. So there you go. She took my answer. But I, yeah, but I, I will, did. But I, I, yeah, I will change it up, though. I just published the thing on... on the ringer about how Trey Lance can kind of do the Colin Kaepernick thing and take over late and, and propel the 49ers to a Super Bowl. So I'm going to plug that by picking the 49ers to make the Super Bowl and they will lose to the Chiefs in a rematch of the 2018 or 2019 Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, I see. I thought my sleeper pick was going to be the 49ers and now I feel like I've, I've suddenly been outmaneuvered. Well, my actual pick has to be the Chiefs because you know they have they have like the best like easily the best quarterback. Ugh, I was gonna say ever, but I feel like some people might get mad at me if I say no. That. No, I think it's I think it's a fair thing to say the most talented quarterback yeah. ever. Yep, I'm gonna let my homerism take over though and say that the Bills uh, somehow maybe Patrick Mahomes is is like abducted by aliens um, because he's <laughs> like the finest human specimen. And the Bills somehow make it. Uh, they're going to face off against the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. And then Tom Brady's going to beat the Bills one last time in the Super Bowl and bring home his eighth ring. Just, j- just, I cannot think of a more painful possible Super Bowl matchup for Bills fans. And I'm going to go with that one. Uh, I, yeah, I could not. I, even I'm with Bills fans on that one. I don't think I could deal with that that matchup i don't think i could deal with tom brady winning another super bowl like get a new bit at this point stop running this one into the ground you've won enough super bowls <laughs> the nfl showrunners need new material they just they just keep recycling the same old plot lines and it's just really annoying so we've reached the end of our preview but uh i did open it up to listener questions i think we have time to take a few of them as many as we feel like um this one from at painting underscore houses uh, really appealed to me. Um, by the way, as part of our call for questions, I asked people to name their 89th favorite NFL player. So I'm going to read that out too as I read the questions. Uh, Painting underscore houses asks if all the league's 32 starting QBs had a hand to hand battle royale style steel cage death match, who would win? And his 89th favorite NFL player is, is uh, Seahawks Franco Harris. So I'm just going to open that up to the floor. <laughs> That's a good pick. Yeah. Wait, who are who are your your eighty uh, ninth favorite players? Uh, oof. my eighty ninth favorite player. I think, I think I'm gonna gonna have to go. Oh man, Katie, Katie, you go first. Okay, I'm gonna say former Seahawks fullback Leonard Weaver. That's oh, a good. I like it. Yeah, that's that's a it's really good pick. I'm gonna say, uh, former Vikings tight end Visante Shineco. How about you, Steven? I'm going to try to butter up to Bills fans. I'm trying to repair that relationship, and I'm going to go with Eric Moulds. That's a, that. That's an excellent pick. 32 starting quarterbacks, hand-to-hand battle royale death match. Who comes out on top? I, it's Josh Allen. Wow. Okay. It has oh. to be. Or maybe maybe it's Carson Wentz. He just infects everyone with COVID. Oh, Ooh, boy. <laughs> there we go. What oh, about you, boy. Katie? Oh, gosh. Um, so, once again, I get stuck with a more serious question. Um, I am going to go from Jordan, who is at NaturallyCats11 on Twitter. What is the win ceiling if an NFL team ran the triple option with the ideal personnel for it? Um, and this person's favorite player, 89th favorite player, was Sidney Rice. Um, so, I'll open it up to you. Ooh, I like I I don't know. I I would say like nine wins. Okay. The Ravens yeah. they didn't run the triple option, but they ran the ball a lot and they ran triple option concepts. They obviously had a quarterback who could throw the ball, but they won a ton of games doing that. If you have a great defense, I 
I think you could win nine. Like the Bears that one year when they lost to the Colts in the Super Bowl, they should have been running a triple option offense. They might as well have been with Rex Grossman playing. So, and they made the Super Bowl. So I, I don't know. I would say like 10 wins, 10, nine wins. I would love to see that happen. Um, I would too. I, like, I want to see, like, I want the Jets when Robert Sala somehow gets fired before the 2023 season. I want them to hire Paul Johnson. Just straight up <laughs> run run at the flex bone. Like, seriously, like, what do we to, have to lose? Try it out. To bring to bring it back to the Bills, uh, look this up. Like, Bilicek and Marv Levy had, like, this feud, this public feud where Belichick was just trash-talking him a bunch in public. And one of the jokes he had, apparently Marv Levy, when he was with the Chiefs, he tried to run, like, a wishbone-type offense. And Belichick, like, made fun of him for it, like, in 1990. Look it up. It's funny. Tough. Belichick, yeah, just a Hall of Fame-level troll. Uh, I'll take this question from Athena at Shield of Palace. Palace? I have no idea what that word is. Uh, Hey, Athena, what's up? Uh, Athena's going to be on the show next week to have emotions about Georgia, by the way. So talk to you next week, Athena. But should I stop caring about the Falcons and just follow the NFL in general, or is that psycho behavior? I'll hang up and listen. And her favorite, her 89th favorite player, excuse me, is is Algie Crumpler. She's a she's a Falcons fan, and Algie Crumpler is 89th? That's way too low on the list. Yeah, I don't know. I should be also, top 15. Probably, yeah. But is it is it weird to just follow the NFL? in general i i mean i can't say it is because that's what i do i don't i didn't watch a panthers game last year i didn't watch one live i I can't afford to because no one wants to read about the panthers so no that's basically what i'm doing so i can't call it weird uh i i mean that's basically what i do for college football like i pick a new team every year i like the sport but i don't really have like a natural allegiance so athena i'm gonna say that you're i'm gonna say that you're totally fine Okay, I think we have one last question we wanted to get to yeah. here. If you could read that, Katie. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Uh, from Walker at Big Daddy Tricks on Twitter. What do you think is the absolute worst play that is run in the, offense in the NFL with regularity? My 89th favorite player is Kahari Blossom game. <laughs> That's a good 89th favorite player. Uh, all the plays that the Saints ran when Taysom Hill was on the field <laughs> last year. Jeez. <laughs> Tough. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What is the right answer? Like a, a bubble screen? I feel like bubble screens are bad now. Like there was a time when they were good, but they're bad now. And that's a big reason why the Cardinals offense kind of stinks. It's because they throw too many bubble screens. Yeah, I was going to say like um, like there are a lot of like really lazy RPOs that like do not work anymore because mm-hmm. NFL oh, yeah. defense is like kind of adjusted. Like the Eagles won a Super Bowl because like NFL teams didn't know what they were doing against RPOs yet. <laughs> I would mm-hmm. say, like, any of those, like, super basic RPOs are, like, get them out of here. That doesn't need to exist. Yeah, I think the bubble screen falls in that category. Yeah, Definitely. I think those are the, that's the answer. That's right. The RPO crap. Well, well uh, we asked you 36 questions in just about an hour about the upcoming NFL season. I think we did a comprehensive job, and I don't know why, uh, I don't know why any podcast would try to tackle this in any more detail when we just, when, like, we just did it perfectly. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> no, I think we covered everything. Like, we don't even need to watch the season now. Let's go to 2022. Exactly, because we because we already know we already know that the that the Chiefs are probably going to win it. We know which players are good and which teams are good, and yeah, I think we're good. And we know that Pete Carroll is hot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Uh, that is absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, so, Stephen, why don't we plug you first? Uh, tell the people where you can be found online, because you can be found in many spots now. Uh, not really, just The Ringer. You can find me on theringer.com uh, and on Twitter at the Steven Ruiz. I spell Steven with a V, not a PH. I, I regret having the, the V in the Twitter handle, but I made it when I was in college, and the regular Steven Ruiz Twitter handle was taken. I feel like I have to defend that every time I, I say it. I think that's a perfectly fine handle. I don't know. You are the Steven Ruiz, you know? It, it's like a, a Ohio State thing, though. And I, oh, I don't know. When Ohio oh State does no. it, I don't like it. So, I don't know. I don't want to be hypocritical. I'm going to start introducing you, or like, because you're on you're on the Ringers NFL show as well. Plug that. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. <laughs> uh, they, they should introduce you as the Steven Ruiz. And emphasize the the The, the, the yeah, Steven Ruiz. Right. 
Uh, Katie, where can the people find you online? At Kates of Heaven on Twitter and absolutely nowhere else. <laughs> cool. Uh, you can find me at Dirtbag Queer on Twitter. I mean, if we're talking about Twitter handles that, like, you know, there's occasionally a little regret over. Mine got read out loud on Sports Talk Radio. Uh, that was fun. You should change it to the Dirtbag Queer. Exactly. Also, you can follow the show account uh, at TuckRulePod. Uh, we're still working on getting to Apple Podcasts, I say, for the fourth week in a row. Uh, boy, we love podcast distribution. It's my favorite thing. It's just the best. Um, okay, if you get your podcast from Apple, what are you even doing? Like, just switch over. You know yeah. you want to. But also, if you're insistent on using that app, you can plug our RSS feed into that app, and you can listen to us there, even though you can't find us on search. So just do that. Okay, well, I think we're towards the end. Katie, why don't you take us out of here? Spencer Rattler eats bussy. <laughs>